0: Welcome to Positive Adoption, where you can find adoption, foster care, and trauma-informed parenting all in one place. I'm Kathleen Guire, your host, mother of seven, four through adoption, former National Parent of the Year, author, teacher, and speaker. But more than any of those things, I'm a parent just like you. I know what it's like to raise kiddos from hard places. I used to feel as if I were the only one struggling, and because I felt that way, I isolated myself. I don't want you to feel alone in your parenting journey. So grab a cup of coffee and join me for Positive Adoption, a Coffee Break podcast. Hi, Kathleen Guire here. Welcome to Positive Adoption. We are in our second week of Homeschooling 101, so that will be the topic of the podcast today. We're going to answer several questions, which I'll read in a little bit, but I'm going to start with my personal update. My personal update actually has to do with Homeschooling 101. I have met so many great women in our group, and it's been amazing. And Lori posted this little challenge for us to do just privately in the group to get to know each other. I'm a little behind on mine. But it's been so helpful and so wonderful to see so many women encouraging one another, hopping on there to say, hey, try this, or I've tried this, or you know, you can do it. It's just women amaze me, they just do. And I'm crying now. I don't know why I'm crying. But you just amaze me how quick you are to jump on there and encourage. And with everything else that's going on in the world and just the craziness, and I've taken Facebook off my phone, which I've told you before. So I have to get on my computer because I just don't want to see. I don't want to scroll. I don't want to see. But I'm just, this group is amazing me. I love you guys, and thanks for joining us. And there's been, as far as community update, I'll put that together. Some, uh, Lori and Audrey have done a day in the life, Lori of teens, homeschooling teens, and Audrey of six kids, nine and under, one being a baby, but he's really cute, and it's just, it's good to see, it's good to watch, especially to see here's how it goes and here's how things get off track sometimes and here's how sometimes the kids don't cooperate or we take—we have to take a long break. It's just real life. And Amory's been working on putting together a little video on myths in homeschooling. There are very many myths in homeschooling very many misconceptions. I think that some of them during this day and age, since so many more people are doing either virtual school or some online classes or doing a lot of their schooling at home with Zoom, some of those misconceptions are changing a little bit, but there are still a lot of myths about homeschooling. And I don't know which ones that she's covering, but I talked about last week One of them that I had in my head is that, you know, you had to have this school room, which is fine. I had a schoolroom for many years because I had so many children. And, you know, I hung things up on the wall. But that was not the foundation of my schooling. That was a room that we used part of the day. So if that's one of the myths or misconceptions you have about homeschooling, And several people on our homeschool group page, when we talked about those sorts of things, some of them just have a container full of their stuff and they just bring it out onto the dining room table or into the living room. So, but I won't talk any more about that because that's Amory's little video she's putting together. And by the time this podcast is posted, she may have already posted it. If you're still interested in joining the group, don't be afraid to reach out to me. You can email me at positiveadoption@gmail.com, at gmail.com or you can message Kathleen Guire on Facebook or Instagram. Okay, so here are the questions. How do you manage or organize your day? If you have a child who has a capital letter syndrome, What is it and how does that change your schooling? And what's your biggest aha moment in homeschooling? So let me start with number one. Obviously, since I homeschooled for over two decades, how I managed and organized my day changed a lot over the years. So I will just share a little bit of a couple ways that I organize my day. I said on the Homeschooling 101 page that I used sunlight curriculum for a lot of years. And one of the ways that that helped me to organize my day is I could do history, read-alouds, and Bible, all of those kind of basic subjects with multiple children at a time. So I could pick one sunlight curriculum like American History Part 1, or I'm just making this up because things change so much on sunlight every year. Or we could do early world history, and we could read all of that together, which would mean that I usually started my day out with breakfast, chores for 15 minutes, which Audrey did that in her video where she's like, okay, now we're going to take a break for chores. And in case you didn't know, Audrey's my daughter. And I was like, oh, she's doing it the the same way that we did it when she was growing up. It's after breakfast. Everybody had a chore. We had a chore chart. You had 15 minutes to go do that chore, then come back together and start our group subjects. So we could do history together, which meant that I read the history aloud. The kids answered questions or did map work or whatever went on with that. And we could do the read aloud together. Sometimes it was after lunch or sometimes it was right then, depending on the day. And then we could break up into our individual subjects. And I would spend time working with kids at different times depending on their ages and stages. Younger kids got more breaks than older kids. That was one of the ways that I managed my day. Another way that I managed my day is I got one of those giant, huge sticky note things. And I made sticky notes for each subject for each child and arranged them in the order that they were going to do them. And the great thing about that was they could look at that and know what's coming next know what their day was going to look like. And also, using sticky notes, I could take things away or rearrange them. For instance, if we had a dentist appointment that day or a doctor's appointment that day, I would be like, okay, we're not going to get to these subjects. I will take them off and I will put dentist appointment then so that they will know. One of the things about kids, especially who have a capital letter syndrome or who have come from trauma, like foster kids or adopted kids, is they have this need to know what's next. They have this need for continuity, stability, schedule, everything being the same. And just one thing being the least little bit out of order can really throw them for a loop and change their day. So I'm kind of answering the next one, which is, if you have a kid who has a capital letter syndrome, what is it and how does that change your schooling? Well, I had several. Four of my kids are adopted. And, and you know that unless you're a new listener, they had come with, um, obviously, developmental delays from being in an orphanage not because they were stupid or not because they did anything wrong and some of them had the effects of alcohol fetal alcohol syndrome fetal alcohol effects and um, a couple on the spectrum so did that change my school day definitely how did that change my school day what I had just said before is they needed to know what was next they needed to know what was happening, and they um, any change in that schedule would throw them for a loop. Another thing that it changed was even the older kids up through the high school years still needed to be beside me when they worked. Now, our goal is by the time we get our kiddos to high school, we're kind of you know, fading ourselves out a little bit and letting them take a lot more responsibility of their schooling. And a lot of kids do that, and they excel, even from junior high on. In fact, my eldest daughter, Audrey, she chose her curriculum her senior year, which was a year early. She graduated early, and then she stayed home for a gap year and helped me homeschool the two youngest So she was very, very independent. But kids with capital letter syndromes will not be that independent. Kids who have had trauma may never be that independent. You're still going to have to do things with them, beside them, and encourage them. And if they watch the math lesson and don't understand it, you may have to watch it with them and explain it to them over and over again. And kids who have had the effect of alcohol on their brain when they were in the womb, they have a Swiss cheese-like brain, especially with math and science and anything logical. If they learn something one day and you think that they're going to retain it and they don't the next day, you have to reteach and reteach and reteach. I had one kiddo who did algebra, Three years in a row. We just kept doing it and doing it and doing it. And I'm not sure why I did that. Okay, so I'll move on to my next question, which is the aha moment. I had many aha moments. But one of my aha moments is your kids do not have to be proficient in everything. There's no invisible finish line that they need to cross that says, Okay, they did really well in every single subject. That is not very realistic, and most humans do not operate that way. You have a few people, a very small percentage of people in the world who excel at everything. But most of us, God designed us to function well in one or two areas, but the other areas were kind of like, meh. So I'm not sure why I kept making him do algebra, except for the fact that he had decided that he was going to go to college. And the interesting thing is, when he got to college, he started with algebra again. So there's my aha moment for all humans, not just when you're homeschooling. We are not going to excel at everything, and we don't have to. It's not a requirement of life to do well with everything. And we put so much academic pressure on our kids. And I know if you've talked to some homeschool moms who whose kids just really excel academically in everything and you're thinking, oh my goodness, my kids are not like that. You don't understand. They're hanging upside down on the couch when I'm reading or they spell everything backwards or when we get to math, they just can't handle it that's okay. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying don't expect them to excel at it. I'm saying do it and move on and find the things that they're gifted in, that God has given them this desire to do and learn. And in Lori's video, I love that they posted those because I can refer to them. Oh my goodness, her son is so gifted in metalworks. He makes knives, and then he has part-time jobs where he's mowing. There's so many things that we need to just set aside. We need to have that aha moment of, you know, in order for my child to succeed in this world, it reminds me of that song, Little Boxes. It's a really, really old song song about how you know we're all we all fit in these little boxes and we all go to college we all look the same we all buy a house we all do these things exactly the same but that's not the way that God designed us God didn't design us all to be the same all to go to college all to buy a house some of us never buy a house some of us you know become missionaries and Some of us, you know, live in the inner city, you know, had a friend in college that she and her husband, right after college, they moved into the inner city in an apartment and they just served there. They were missionaries there and they lived in a tiny little apartment and then they went on to Mongolia and they still live there. So anyway, I'm getting off on a tangent, but That's my aha moment. Everybody does not have to excel at everything. And don't beat your head up against a rock if your child doesn't. Now, if you know that maybe they have dyslexia or another capital letter syndrome, and there's other ways that you can teach them, do your research and find out what will help them. But that doesn't mean that whatever you're teaching them, they have to excel in. Some things... We need to learn just enough to get by. And other things we will work on and work on and work on because that's where God has gifted us. And like I said, I'm not saying, okay, my kid can't spell, so I'm not doing spelling. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying, don't just keep beating yourself up and trying to get it into their head one way or the other. So I'm going to finish up today and just hang on. Don't click out of the podcast because somebody else will be next. So thanks for joining me.
1: Bye. Hi, Lori here. And this week we are talking about um, some of the ways we manage, um, our homeschool throughout the day and some of our aha moments in homeschooling um so the first question that kathleen gave us was how do you manage or, and or organize your day um for me what that looks like is um and again i have teenagers so it's a little bit um easier they mostly manage themselves at this point um which is a great thing about homeschooling. Um, After a while, they tend to just kind of start teaching themselves almost. I mean, I I help them and I guide them, but a lot of the things they they do on their own. So they manage um, their own time um, now. But I have um, actually just a baseline checklist of all the things that we need to make sure we get done throughout the day that I check off as they get done or my kids will check them off as they do them because they know where it's at um and you know and sometimes not all of them get done it just depends on our day sometimes things happen and a wrench is thrown into our day and you got to read the day you got to read your kids sometimes they it's just time for a break (laughs) um so question number two was, um, do you have a child with a capital letter syndrome? And if so, what is it and how does it change you, how you school your children? Um, my middle son, who is 15, has sensory processing disorder. And basically what that means is, um, so your senses are more than just, you know, your touch, taste, uh, sight, hearing, and smell. Like it, there's a whole plethora of of different ways that you get sensory input, and in a um, neurotypical person, um, the sense it, the, you get sensory input, it goes to the brain, and then your brain directs your reaction. So it goes back out and directs your reaction to your sensory input. Um, and it happens very quickly, and it's usually very smooth. For somebody with sensory processing disorder, that sensory input gets jumbled up, kind of like a train track. Like if you'd have like a a jumbled up train track, and everything was going the wrong direction, it gets mixed up in there, and the the response is not always warrant what is going in. So, for example. Um, and, and I say it, it makes it like some people have sensory issues, but it makes it a dis- disorder when it affects everyday life and everyday functions. That's whenever it starts to become a disorder that you need to um, maybe have some tools to help guide your child with or yourself. Um, but so, for example, my son um, can't eat rice, he's not the taste has everything to do with the texture. He just can't handle it. Um, He he used to, which he's doing better now, uh, a potato chip bag crinkling used to actually physically hurt his ears. Um, And I use this example a lot when he was in uh, public school, which was not very long. It was maybe first or second grade. Um, He was at a water fountain and somebody bumped into him. Um, And because he wasn't looking, he um, interpreted that bump as a threat, he thought that someone was trying to hurt him and he flung around like he was going to fight the person that bumped into him. Um, so those are all examples of that specific capital letter syndrome. So in ways that we, um, school around that is he has done school sitting in a spinning chair, spinning around in circles. And I've, probably thought that he hasn't listened to me anything that I've said, but then he basically repeats it back to me word for word. So he does listen while he's doing it. We've done school on the trampoline. Um, School outside is always a plus because you get a lot of sensory input outside. Um, He's done school on an exercise ball, like just all kinds of different ways that he has done school. Um, Another thing that he has is dyslexia. Um, So the way that we school around that is um, um, unless the curriculum specifically asks for him to read and write, I normally read his lessons to him so that he comprehends it better. Otherwise, it would take him forever to get through something and he wouldn't be able to know what he has just read. So, So that he knows and understands the material, I read to him a lot. Um, and my daughter loves it whenever I do that too. It's not, it's more of a preference thing. She just likes it that way. Um, so, um, the last question was the biggest aha moment in homeschooling. Um, and I have, I don't know, I have many. Um, so anytime that my, that you can actually see something click, Um, in your kids is like this amazing feeling because you're like, I did that. I helped them understand this thing. Um, And I always love when that happens and you can see it on their face when they finally just get it. Um, I I love that. Um, Another um, moment was, I remember very early on uh, in our homeschooling, I think I was only in the planning portion of our homeschooling and I was trying to look at curriculum and maybe get a schedule going, which, you know, in the early days I scheduled us (laughs) like hour by hour and it never works that way. In all honesty, I learned that lesson pretty quickly. Um, but, um, I remember, um, my son, the one with sensory processing disorder, he sat down beside me and he, again, he was very young. I think third grade at this point, he sat down beside me and he, um, He laid his head on my shoulder and he said, he said, um, mom, thank you for homeschooling us. And at this point I hadn't even started yet. Okay. Um, he said, thank you for homeschooling us. I always feel so stupid at school. Everyone makes me feel stupid when I'm in public school and, um, even on all my hard days, I remember that because you know teenagers they can be a little on the trying side sometimes. <laughs> but I still remember that and I still and I and I think back on that whenever um, he's frustrating me um, because there's times I'm not gonna lie that I've dreamt of sending him on that big yellow bus. <laughs> I would never actually do it because I just know that he, he would struggle so much more if I, if I put him in that public school setting, but, uh, you know, mom's daydream sometimes. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, um, that's how we do things. And, and I just want to let you guys know that I, especially the ones of younger ones and you guys that are just starting out, um, it, um, the teen years can be a whole lot of fun. I promise you, it's not as scary as it seems. So, all right, that's that's all about us. Okay, so we're
2: talking about how we manage our day um, this week and how we organize it. And um, I would say that all of us like slower mornings. Like, well, like all of my girls and I, we like slower mornings. We like to wake up slowly. And um, just be together and be sitting together and eating breakfast together in the morning. So, d- typically in the morning we do um, well every morning we do Bible together, sing at breakfast, and then we do a um, morning group subject. And some mornings it's art. We uh, some morning it's art, and then other mornings it's music. And um, then we do art, music, history, um, science, and um, we do a little, once a week we do a literature book, uh, which we read lots of different books during school, but we do one that kind of um, the rest of our subjects surround like our science and our art and our music are all based around this literature book that we read and this, is, I get all of this from my curriculum um, that I have which is the Memorial Press curriculum that's what I'm using um, and then um, if I, if you have the next question and the other thing that we're talking about is if you have a child who has a capital letter syndrome what is it and how do you does that change how you School. Okay, so um, I have um, one with ADHD or ADD, whatever you want to call it, um, and then one with uh, sensory processing disorder. So um, my one with ADD, she is very intelligent, and she is very motivated, and she likes to be pushed and challenged and she loves school but she struggles working through it because she struggles to stay focused obviously so we take lots of little breaks where she gets to move around and move her body um we do lots of things that are basically i give her lots of things that could be healthy distractions while she is and not so that she's not just distracted by like a fleck on the table or something we do things where she's like um she has snacks or a special drink or something like that so that um she they're healthier distractions they're things that her mind can wander to for a minute or two and basically adhd or add is when your um your brain is tired all the time and so it feels sleep your mind feels sleepy and tired so at the same time it doesn't want to feel sleepy and tired so it overworks and it does everything that it can to keep itself awake so imagine like your 1 year old or 2 year old who doesn't want to go to go to bed at night so they're running around like crazy and they're doing like jumping and bouncing and wanting you to read every book but only lasting for two seconds because if they sit down for longer than two seconds then they're going to fall asleep. That is how her brain works. So we give her um, coffee in the morning and that helps her brain wake up a little bit more and helps her focus more. But basically, um, it's just a constant redirecting and being patient and calm with the redirecting, understanding that it's part of her schoolwork and part of her day is going to be redirecting give her little distractions and and um, also um, I'm sorry Oh, my children just walked in the room all of a sudden and I got distracted um, What was I saying? Oh, the little distractions like snacks and drinks, but also little breaks. Um, like after each subject, 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 I sometimes tell her to go and like run around. Sometimes, uh, she does jumping jacks. Sometimes she does something. Um, but... That helps her also giving her a larger break in the middle of the day where she's literally just sitting down and resting so that her brain does feel at ease and rest. She listens, she likes to listen to audiobooks and she colors during that time, and that kind of helps her brain um, just relax because it has a stimulant, which is the audiobooks. But also, she's sitting and not moving, and that just is the basically the magic solution we found for her to rest. After she does that for like a half an hour um, to an hour, she really feels rejuvenated and ready to go again. Um, My sensory child, uh, sensory processing disorder, she likes to move a lot. She likes to be active. um, And she likes to feel like she likes to learn by feeling. So we do a lot of things like working with Play-Doh or doing jumping jacks to count or things like that. Um, and she is younger, so she uh, does just a few things, few seat work things, and, but most of her stuff is getting up and playing and things like that. And so really, it's just feeling out each kid and not expecting every kid to act the same is... How you work with every child, and not just children with capital letter syndromes. My biggest aha moment in homeschooling has um, definitely been that that you can't ex- expect every child to learn the same way. But also, um, and I've talked about this. I think I talked about this last week. Um, is that Um, Your homeschooling is going to look different than anybody else's homeschooling, and it's going to look different than public schooling. So just be okay with how it looks, how your day looks, how it plays out. Don't get stressed about it. It is your day. Nobody is telling you what to do. Nobody, Nobody is directing you nobody is setting these expectations for you except for yourself. So you're the, you're the one who is either limiting or putting too much pressure or any of those things you're doing it to yourself. So just be okay with how your day goes. Now, obviously I'm not saying just fly around by the seat of your pants, have plans, but be comfortable and okay with how those plans play out. Um, So that is my uh, two cents for this week and um, I will see you guys next week or talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to Positive Adoption.
0: Make sure you subscribe to KathleenGuire.com to receive your gift of five things, a tiny handbook for foster and adoptive families and receive a monthly newsletter plus updates when new books or courses are released. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Podomatic, Spotify, or YouTube, and leave a review so other listeners can find Positive Adoption and know the value of the show. You're also welcome to send me an email to positiveadoption at gmail.com. Follow me on social media. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Kathleen Guire. Thanks for being part of the Positive Adoption Community.